Do you consider yourself a high achiever? Smart, driven, highly successful? I am so excited to have you. My name is Julia Arndt and I'm the host of the Stress Podcast. I will help you develop your stress resilience the same way you've developed your workplace superpowers. Learn peak performance tools to thrive at work and in your personal life. Let's get started. Hi, Colin. I am really, really excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome to the show. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me too. Colin, I always have a lot of different um, podcast guests and international guests as well. So just to make sure that we pick, our, pick up our listeners um, rightly so, um, let's start with where are you located? What time is it? And what have you been up to up until now? Yeah, so I'm in Los Angeles, California, and it is 1.30 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And today's been a busy day. It's, a bit, it's been a busy week. Um, so we are currently going through a transition in, uh, in one of my businesses. So I, I own a personal training studio um, and we have moved everything to remote training uh, now that everybody's locked in with everything going on with the uh, coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a busy, busy day of just talking with our coaches, talking with clients, helping everybody get transitioned. Uh, you know, some, we work with a little bit older population. So some of them aren't quite as tech savvy. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, I am their tech support. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Awesome. So you're already starting to kind of introduce yourself as well and tell us about you. So tell us more about um, you and who Colin is and was maybe uh, 10 years ago up until today. Yeah. So uh, yeah, 10, 10 to 15 years ago, uh, Colin was, uh, was probably still in college actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I was, um, I'll, I'll pick up the story kind of where, where my whole uh, journey began in some yeah. ways was in middle of college uh, when my grandfather passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a that was a turning point in my life. Before that, you know, I was I've always been a pretty happy go lucky guy, but uh, seeing his um, challenge with his health and fitness, and and when he passed away, he had uh, something like twenty some medications. I actually I was I was uh, given the task of clearing out his office. And I found this list of medications that he was on. And, and after having seen him really struggle and he, he had Alzheimer's and he, you know, was just his personality completely changed when he was, uh, you know, in the last years before he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on a lot of medications. He was having a lot of surgeries for different things. And it was just, it was really tough for him and tough for our family. Mm-hmm. And so going through that led me into this feeling that, okay, what, what was the reason behind all of this? And I very, very much felt like fitness was the answer. And so okay. uh, a little over 10 years ago, I started uh, my fitness business called Mint Condition Fitness. And we have been training people ever since to try to help them improve their quality of life. And that's been my mission. Um, how, do, how do we help to uh, help people to improve their quality of life, get more out of life, and really just be able to do more of the things that they love to do? Um, I think it's really hard as you age, if you can't do what you love anymore. And so, and was it the same field as well that you studied in college or was that like total game changer for you in terms of your focus area? Well, it wasn't a game changer from my personal focus. I I studied psychology. Um, I actually studied psychology, business and communications in college. 
um, but psychology was my main focus and and working with people uh, on their fitness is is quite uh, quite uh, connected <laughs> to psychology yeah imagine. for sure yeah and so but after college, I did go back to school to do a uh, a specific program around um, fitness and and kinesiology and personal training mm-hmm. and so it 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 was always somewhat of an interest of mine, but again, seeing what my grandfather went through and also just feeling like for myself that it was important that I kept myself fit for, you know, the next hundred years, um, was really important to me. So was that like a day, one day to another kind of shift for you? Like, do you remember the day where like you cleared out the office of your grandfather, you found all the medication or the list of medications that he was taking and like there was like the switch that turned or was that more like a longer process to get you into that? No, what was, what was really interesting is I didn't connect those dots until quite a while later. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got into personal training and fitness just because I had this feeling like it was, it was a, a way I could help people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't link them. And then what I started to realize is, that, is how much I cared about longevity and quality of life, which was not what most of my training peers cared about. Um, they cared about athletes. They cared about, uh, getting people to, you know, get six packs and all that. Mm -hmm. And even in, as a 20 year old that just, I didn't care about any of that stuff. I cared about how do I help this person to have the best quality of life possible. Mm -hmm. And, and even it's funny because this is totally how I see my connection with my grandfather. It, and I, I had this thought in my head, but I, I still didn't connect it at the time. I was like, how terrible is it? to work your whole life and work so hard to make yourself, you know, to build a life that you want mm-hmm. and then your health doesn't allow you to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I had that thought in my head. And then only a number of years later, did I realize that, Oh, I've been trying to help my grandfather this whole time. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it was, uh, that like it, it all of a sudden came to me. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, and what did you do to, for, for you to, like, for you to have that realization? Was, was that another turning point in your life or um, how did no, that connection happen? That was, it was a, it was a ramp up perhaps um, okay. of just <laughs> re-engagement with what I was doing. Um, but that actually came from business coaching. I, I've, I've worked with a business coach for a long time mm-hmm. and they, they wanted to know like, why, (laughs) why am I doing, yeah, why am I doing this? (laughs) Uh And, and I hadn't, I hadn't thought very deep into it. I I had, again, these like basic just beliefs that Mm -hmm. this is how we should all be. And we should, we should take care of ourselves for the long run. And, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I want to help people with that, but they helped me to kind of discover, connect some dots there. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and what's interesting is, is really that, that comes full circle into what I'm doing now. I still, I still manage the, the fitness company, but I also have my, my new company, which is uh, Modern Happiness. Mm-hmm. And, and how much of that, what I do with that is very much connected also to my grandfather, but also okay. even more so to myself in mm-hmm. terms of mental health and fitness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell us more about Modern Health. That sounds really... Yeah. Modern Happiness. Modern, modern happiness. happiness. Sorry. Yeah. Modern Happiness. So modern happiness uh, came out of this idea that, well, for, so let me start, we'll rewind a little bit. Yeah. So I have this fitness company. I've had it for over 10 years. And uh, 
And for the last, I'd say, five years, I felt like we were missing something. I was like, we're getting people physical results. We're helping people get out of pain, which is, which is cool and really not always easy to do. Yeah. And yet our people aren't finding what I want them to find in their lives. <laughs> the, the reason I'm doing this is because, because I want them to find more fulfillment in their lives. I want them to be able to do more things that make them happy. Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily uh, doing that, right? They're not necessarily uh, coming in and finding that they're able to there's my <laughs> so your, your father-in-law yeah. in the background there is. Um, so they're not able to find or they're still not finding the joy that i thought they would yeah, yeah that, like that you're was... helping them with their physical results but and you thought that would help everything else in their life but then i guess the realization after the first five years in your fitness company was that that wasn't maybe the case yeah it wasn't always the case Some, mm-hmm. people, some people, some people, it, it, cha- it transformed their life in the way that I thought that it would and hoped, right? And for some people, it didn't. And, and, I, and so I had to kind of go on a, a little you know, journey and, and was working through, okay, maybe we need to get into behavior change more. Maybe we need to get into more about helping them find their, their purpose and reason. And, that's, and that is part of it. Um, but then I went through my own journey. And that's really when this all triggered was that I was really struggling mentally. Just, I, I didn't, I was, I, I guess looking back on, it, I was depressed. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of it was because I was very much overwhelmed in my own life. I had two very young children. Mm-hmm. I had uh, hurt my neck and back um, mm-hmm. because we were, <laughs> my son was having such a hard time sleeping. I was walking to sleep every night and I, and I was just so tense and and then I, I forget what it was. I, I did some workout and I, my Maybe neck just locked up mm-hmm. and that was in for months. I had pain. Wow. I wasn't sleeping. Uh, and, and my gym wasn't, I've still had this question of like, what, like we aren't helping people in the way I want to help them. Mm-hmm. And I just got really down on myself and, and about life in general. Yeah. And so working and then I met and then I met a coach. I met a, a life coach and in talking to him just really realized where my own mindset was was mm-hmm. not aligned with what I wanted out of life. Mm-hmm. And that took me on my own journey and then that made me realize exactly what cool. all of our clients are dealing with too is that mm-hmm. we're we're stuck with a mindset that isn't allowing us to be happy because happiness is not something that it is that you can get. It's something that's available now and mm-hmm. you have to be in the right place mm-hmm. to allow yourself to be happy. Mm-hmm. And that totally shifted the way I saw things and totally made me better understand where some of our clients were stuck. And mm-hmm. so, um, so modern happiness was born. I, I call it modern happiness because uh, I, I like to help people see that they don't need to completely change their life you don't like, you know, uh, sometimes I think about happiness or, or some of these books and you, and you think you have to go like join a commune or you need to like give away all your possessions or yeah. that, that you have to, be you need to become radical. a ritual. I feel like a lot of people connect nowadays, um, happiness with sitting in a, sitting in a yoga position or meditating all day long in order to reach that point of happiness. Right. I, it's funny because I just, you know, put together a couple of decks lately because I'm, you know, giving these workshops 
on COVID-19 and how to navigate ambiguity and how to be more productive at work. And I was looking for an image on Google images on um, relaxation. Like I was looking for like a relaxation silhouette and you literally put in relaxation and you see like the, the yogi, you know, figurine that sits in a cross-legged position with his hand folded in front of their hearts. And, you know, I'm always really mindful to not use these images because I want to include everyone, even if they are not into yoga or meditation. But it's funny how we are so, um, what's the right word? We are so like linked now to relaxation equals yoga and meditation. It's really interesting. Right. Yeah. And if that's not what your current life is and, and maybe you aren't into it, mm-hmm. then you're like, well, I guess it's not for me. And yeah, so that, that idea of like your, your life now, your current life, you can be happy mm-hmm. without actually changing anything. Mm-hmm. You just, exactly. just your mindset. Yeah. Exactly. And you can be happy. Now, mm-hmm. once you change your mindset, you may realize that certain parts of your life don't align anymore, and then change may happen. But you don't mm-hmm. have to. The, the change isn't what's going to get you there. The you know, getting a different job or or giving away everything or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, moving into a tiny home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's you know, there's so I many things like, that you can do. Yeah. yeah, there's 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 two lots of directions you can go with it, but none of it matters you, until you get the right mindset. And then you're just happy with what you have. Mm-hmm. And so what does modern happiness do exactly? Are you a life coaching company now or are you supporting your clients um, that you acquire in the gym um, also for more like the mental aspect or what is kind of the idea behind the company? Yeah, so the company has a few different pieces to it. Uh, part is just private mindset coaching. Mm-hmm. So just working one-on-one with people helping them to work through their own barriers, uh, working through their own limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, we all have them and, and we all need to move past them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big part of it. I also have an online course that I developed called the Happiness Blueprint, basically outlining some of the key points and, and kind of a, a shift in the way you think about things to help mm-hmm. people move towards happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third layer is definitely wrapping it, wrapping it into what we do at Mint. So how bringing it in and working with some of our clients, and and that's actually something that I'm working on right now is mm-hmm. I will have conversations with clients, but I want to make it something that is just an essential part of when you join our gym mm-hmm. or our mm-hmm. personal training studio, mm-hmm. you're going to get this guidance as well. That's awesome. Um, and, and we have it in there a little bit. We have it in all of our evaluations. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody comes in, we, we talk to them about some of this stuff. But there's, not a, there's no journey that we take them on to ensure that they're moving closer. In the right to direction, this. both yeah, physically exactly. and mentally. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, that, um, so that's kind of in the future. As I, as I learn more through my own private coaching, as I learn more from the feedback I get from my courses, mm-hmm. uh, then I'm able to build out what this journey uh, will look like. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And uh, we were both actually really excited to record this podcast today because when we initially thought about the podcast topic, um, you said, let's talk about fear. And I was like, yeah, that's a really cool topic. Let's talk about fear. And then COVID-19 happened over the last (laughs) four weeks. 
<laughs> and here we are, um, you in your home um, and with your parents in, La in LA because we are all um, sheltering in place and yep. um, working from home. And yeah, I'm really excited to talk with you about the topic today. And the first question maybe to, uh, to dive into uh, that topic is how, how have you learned to manage your own fear? Good question. Well, I think the biggest shift that I've made in terms of managing fear is to better understand what fear is mm -hmm. and that it is just anything, any fear you have is linked to an outcome you want. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of the work that I've done personally, most of my my own journey was letting go of ego and and we can dive in deeper into that i i know you've talked I to your clients it. about that yeah. um but but that that and ego is you know a simple way to think of ego is just like w things that you that you think are valuable that that give you value right if i have a nice house then then i have value and you start to realize when you let go of all that that value is innate you you have value regardless of what you have what you do what you think anything mm -hmm. you're you're good you don't mm -hmm. need any of that stuff hmm. interesting so way to think about ego you define it as like how like valuable you see certain certain things to be mm -hmm. i oh I, i'm just kind of trying to think what how i would interpret ego because for me it's also almost thinking like thinking about the things that you think are right and then all of a sudden you're getting this other um, opinion or this other information and you stay kind of stuck on on your opinion and mm -hmm. it's and it has something to do with mindset as well right growth mindset versus fixed mindset of well i think this is this is the right way because i've learned this right i've learned this in childhood and i've seen this mm -hmm. from my parents and the society taught me this is the right way um and what you're saying is wrong i feel like that that has something to do with ego a little bit as well right oh yeah well so when when I think about ego, there's so what, I'll go I'll go through the ways that you can value yourself, and then and then you'll see where that ties in. Cool. So so I can value myself on what I have. I can value myself on what I do, and 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 this is a really interesting one because you can value yourself as a you know a CEO, right? Mm -hmm. And and you as a CEO, you get this ego boost because you're telling people what to do, mm -hmm. but, but you can also value yourself as a parent. And when you're ego, but if you're, if you're valuing yourself as a parent, you actually do worse as a parent because now you're worried about what other people think of you as a parent mm -hmm. and your, your actions are based on that. Or you think this, and, and to your point, you can also value yourself on what you think. So if I think this, and mm -hmm. I think this is important, then if you think differently, then you're wrong and, exactly. and we have this battle, but mm -hmm. it's because, because my importance is based on my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so I'm valuing myself on my thoughts. I'm valuing myself on, uh, let's see, what people think. Oh, uh, that, that was the other one, on what other people think. Mm -hmm. So if, and they kind of all tie together, right? They do. I, could, I was just I thinking could, that because based on, on what you have and what you do, right? Like if you're a CEO of a company, maybe you really value your title, right? You're identifying yourself mm -hmm. over that title. And then yes. of course, you know, then what people think is a really big part as well, because it's that external feedback and recognition of how valuable you are. So yeah, so I love that. Yeah. 
cool tie-in. Yeah. Well, and you use the perfect word there, identity. Mm-hmm. E- ego is just your identity. Mm-hmm. And the more you identify <laughs> with what you've created in your yeah. head as, as who you are, mm-hmm. the stronger you're going to have fear when things could be taken away mm-hmm. or when you aren't moving towards what, what you believe is to be valuable. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what like financial crisis people yeah. have. The hardest part about a financial crisis is not what's happening right now. Most of us are actually totally fine right now. Even if you've lost your job, you're not dead. You're not right. Exactly. You're, yeah. In a lot of ways, you're probably you're okay in the moment, mm-hmm. but it's the fear of what will come and that you lose your identity, that your identity might change. Now I'm not the person that mm-hmm. you know works on Wall Street because I just got fired because my whole firm had to shut down, right? Yeah. Um, and so those things all tie in to mm-hmm. how we value ourselves and, and what our identity is. Mm-hmm. So yes, you're exactly right. The identity is everything. Yeah. Okay. So I thought that was really cool as well of how you define fear. It is, um, we are feeling fear if maybe something is going not the way we want it to go or if an area in our lives, in our life is, um, yeah, it's maybe shaken, right? Mm-hmm. Um, tell us more about that. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I guess I've, I've just started to see fear as the, the opposition to the ego. It's like, mm-hmm. if, if your ego is challenged, mm-hmm. then you will have fear. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can, you can reverse engineer it the other way, right? If you have fear, you just need to tie it back to what part of your ego is being hit. And you realize that, oh, if I didn't care so much, and not like care like, whatever, I don't care. It's just, if I didn't value this mm-hmm. and, and find, ident- like if I didn't identify with it, then it actually wouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and, and the most important part, because this, I, people ask me this a lot, they're like, well, if, if you just feel this way, like why do anything, right? <laughs> why, who cares? There's nothing to fear. There's like, how are you going to act out if you don't have anxiety or fear? And it's like, you you have desires, you have ambitions, mm-hmm. you have things that you're that you love and you feel are the right thing to do. You don't yeah. need fear to push you or to drive you. Mm-hmm. And when you can act out of a place of fearlessness, that's when you're going to be your true self. That's when you're able to really take off and do what is necessary. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we're seeing right now. You know, you have I, I think that crisis always shows you who who has the right mindset and who yeah. maybe still needs to work on their mindset, right? Yeah, for sure. The people who are taking it as an opportunity mm-hmm. and saying, hey, it is what it is. And that's a really important part of fear too, right? If you can't accept the current situation, mm-hmm. then you're doomed. You're not mm-hmm. going to be able to work through it. Mm-hmm. But if you can accept it and say, okay, this is the landscape. This is what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. What, what do I want to do? Mm -hmm. what am I doing next right instead of like how frustrated am I with the current situation and how how long am I going to beat up myself up about this right right and like oh why yeah why why me why life what like exactly it is what it is yeah and as soon as you accept it opportunities just open up I mean it's it's incredible Yeah. Um, So one thing that I find really interesting um, in the way of how you're defining fear is also me as a stress management coach, I define stress as 
um, something that is actually important to us. So we are only going to get stressed if something is important to us, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, if I'm a person that really cares about my looks, right? And I really care about, mm -hmm. um, you know, how people perceive me, for example, at work every day, then yep. I might spend an hour in the morning in front of my wardrobe picking the right thing to wear and worrying about, so stressing about, you know, how do I feel, but then how also other people perceive me. But then if you are a person that doesn't care about your looks at all and you're like, you're always wearing the same shirt and the same pants and, you know, it doesn't matter to you, then it's not something that is going to stress you. So stress is also some really um, interesting information for you to understand what is important to you and what is not important to you. And mm -hmm. so I, th I think, and maybe you have a different, like, I'm curious to hear if you think the same way. That's maybe with fear as well. Fear is a feedback on um, what is really important to us and maybe what is also an area in our life that we need to pay closer attention to. Yes. And I'll, but we're, I think we're, we're going to be talking <laughs> about the same thing here, but, but we'll, we'll clarify. So um, totally. It, stress and fear are very much linked to, mm -hmm. to what you care about and what's important to you. Mm -hmm. um, the the path through that that at least and th this is really what I have identified for myself and and what I my approach to it I guess mm -hmm. is that the path through that is is to let go of that thing mm -hmm. versus well, I, I I don't know of any other approach but <laughs> but so because right if if you feel like your looks are really important. Mm -hmm and you're stressing out about it until you let go of, because, and, and that's totally tied to ego, right? What mm -hmm. other people think about me if I don't look exactly. this way. Mm -hmm. um, and I only feel value for myself if I am paying attention to that. Yes. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And we see this a ton, you know, when you sure. talk about identity, we see this a ton in the fitness industry mm -hmm. uh, because as people age and for women, it's looks and for men, it's ability. Mm -hmm. As people age, they lose the thing that they used to feel most valuable mm. or they used to identify with most, right? Mm -hmm. Women, when they're young, they mm -hmm. identify with their beauty and they get older and they lose that. And that can be a really hard thing to work through mm -hmm. for men. And this isn't always, but it's, it's more, we see it much more commonly for men. It's more, they were the athletes, they were capable, you know, they were, they were able to get up on the ladder and fix something, right? How many, <laughs> yeah. oh, how many stories do we know about, you know, older men getting up on ladders and hurting themselves oh, because yeah. they aren't going to call somebody to do it for them. Mm -hmm. And, and so we, we hold on to these, these things that we identify with and, and we're like, this is, this is what's important to me. Mm -hmm. But the sooner you can let go of that, right? I mean, you don't want to wait till you're 50 to let go of this stuff. If you can let go, the earlier you can let go of it and realize that what you look like and what you're capable of, you know, physically doing or whatever, mm -hmm. doesn't matter at all. Mm -hmm. It has no bearing on your identity. It has no bearing on your value. It just, it just is a thing. And most of the time, it's completely out of your control anyway. Mm -hmm. You aren't special because you just were born with the right genes and now you can jump higher than somebody else. Mm -hmm. They can, they can do other stuff that you can't do because they had those genes. It, you're equal. You mm -hmm. each can do things. That's cool. Do, do like be, you know, it's okay to be excited about what you can do, but to yeah. value it 
mm-hmm. is where people go how much wrong. do I, how much do you identify with yeah and yeah. i'm sure like now everybody is listening and it's like okay like colin you're saying to just let go <laughs> <laughs> how, like you say that it's a very simple thing to say but it's so yeah. hard to do so what do you say to people when they ask you how to let go of things oh that's such a good question <laughs> so there this is this is really what my happiness blueprint course is all about Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll pare it down to some of the essentials. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first place that we start is just, just understanding how the brain works and, and mm-hmm. coming back to an understanding that your mind, the way your mind works and the way the ego works is to always, always, always find problems. Mm-hmm. You will always look for problems. And we all know, I mean, if, if you've been in the space, you know, looking into this stuff at all, you know, that like 70 or 80 or 90% of our thoughts are all negative. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we come from a, a fear-based background, right? Fight, fight or flight mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, we're, we're designed to, to get in this state of, of flight if there's a threat, but now we're in this world where we're just constantly battered with all types of threats. Yeah. And I um, watched a YouTube video today on this. Very interesting. Yeah. And I loved the way how they described that they said that our nervous system is constantly scanning our environment for threats. There we go. And I thought, yep. oh, how, how, what a beautiful way to make it in a very easy to understand, like compact sentence to exactly understand how our brain functions all day long, right? Yeah, and it's true. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, I'm, I'm not going to remember the quote exactly, but Eckhart Tolle has an awesome quote about this where it, just something about like the, oh, oh, yes, the ego wants to want more than it wants to have. Mm-hmm. So the ego wants to want something that it doesn't have more than it can. Once you, and we all know this, right? Once we exactly. get something, uh-huh. we've, oh, I just, if, if only this, right? We all have that. If, if only this I could happen, one more thing. Exactly. then I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we get it, it is, I mean, sometimes seconds before we're like, okay, but Mm-hmm. If I just had this other thing, <laughs> and I'd be a little bit more. Then, yeah, then that's you know. I, yes, I wanted that, and mm-hmm. I'm happy that I have it. But <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it's a, a good place to start with letting go. Is mm-hmm. first just understanding like that that, that the current process is doomed to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a. Um, a worksheet that I have in my, in my course, it's called the happiness gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, gauntlet, you have to run through and, you know, you're getting hit on all sides um, or it's a series of tests or there's different ways to look at it. But the test that I, I put people through is, okay, if you think about all the things that need to, go, that like, I want this to happen. I want this, this, mm-hmm. and this, this to happen. Mm-hmm. You can talk about it in terms of your life. You can talk about it in terms of your day. Whatever it is, we all have this list. Mm-hmm. And then we have a list, probably a really long list of what I don't want to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't want, and, and right now it, with the COVID crisis, everything that people don't want to have happen is all happening. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. But if you start to look at what the likelihood is, um, and, and I, I uh, did statistics Uh, in college as well. So I, I love statistics. I'm, I'm a mm-hmm. sports person too. So, mm-hmm. but if you look at like the probability 
mm-hmm. your probability of being happy, if, if, if you define, as soon as you start to define what is needed or, or needs to not happen for you to be happy, you're done. You're not going to be happy. It won't happen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's impossible because the likelihood of any of these things happening, they all, they all could happen, but the mm-hmm. probability that they're all going to happen is very unlikely. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> a few days, but mm-hmm. then you add on top of that, that none of these things can happen either. Mm-hmm. It's over. You can't be happy. Mm-hmm. And so, so if we can shift to understanding that, okay, the way that our brain currently processes happiness is wrong. It, it, it's, it, it's a losing formula that mm-hmm. our expectation around how happiness works is not the right one. Mm-hmm. Then we have to come at it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So that's where I like to start people. It's like, if we can agree on that, mm-hmm. then at least we're open to saying, okay, yeah. maybe I need to look at the world differently. Maybe I need to look at my life differently. If, if happiness is my goal, mm-hmm. it may not be everybody's goal, but I would say most people would say that in the end, our most basic desire is to just be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we start there. Mm-hmm. And then we also talk about the, and, and I know you talk about this a lot too, um, how, how our minds live in the future and the past, mm-hmm. right? Fear, yeah. fear is very much a future-based. For sure. So as we're talking about fear, right? What's, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, fear, anxiety, those mm-hmm. things live in the, in the future. Mm-hmm. Depression, regret, guilt, yeah. that all lives in the past. Yeah. Um, Resentment. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, and our, our minds usually just flip-flop. We're either worried about the future, sad about the past, or, mm-hmm. or, or we're sad about the past, which makes us worried about the future. Mm-hmm. And, and so they, they play in, back and forth. But, but what you find is the only place that you can actually be happy is in the present. Mm-hmm. And when we talked about earlier that for a lot of people, even in this crisis, right in the moment, right now, most people are not that bad off. They're, mm-hmm. Like life hasn't actually changed that much. Even if, let's say you're working wow. from home now. Yeah, like, exactly. Okay, <laughs> you, you, up until now, you, all you wanted to do was work from home. <laughs> you, you were complaining <laughs> that you couldn't work from home. Yeah, I've had these conversations <laughs> with clients where they're like, I always wanted to work from home and now here I am and I don't know what to do with myself and yep. I'm feeling overwhelmed and you know, anxious and all the different things. And I'm like, yeah because our brain needs time to get used to the new state of n- n- our new normal. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so. Okay. Let so me that's... summarize this so far. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah go. It's really cool. So, okay. So first of all, we need to create awareness, right? So fear comes yes. when, um, when some, it's, it's an info, I always say it's information, right? Everything that we are feeling is an, inf- is a signal or some, something that you should be t- paying attention to. And then, um, you really well explained that when we are not in the present moment, but when we are worrying about the future or when we are stuck in the past, that is when these different feelings are coming up. And that gives us that information to think about what can we actually um, do in the present moment, but also how, what does can, what kind of information does that give us in order to choose or make the next the right decisions for the next steps? If that makes sense. <laughs> so in terms of acting out of a place of fearlessness, mm-hmm. yes, you definitely can use information is great mm-hmm. as long as you let it be information. Mm-hmm. 
as soon as you tie yourself emotionally to information, mm -hmm. that's when everything goes wrong. Mm -hmm. because you're now judging that information and judging yourself based on yeah. information. Yeah. Um, but if you can just take information and accept whatever it is and then say, okay, if, if this is my desired outcome, if this is where I want to go or what I want to do or what I'm inspired to do, and, and that's mm -hmm. something we can get to in a little bit, but the whole point of this the whole point of moving towards, you know, a state of fearlessness and, and happiness is so that you can live in a place of enthusiasm, mm -hmm. that, you can, that you can always be acting out of what you're inspired to do versus mm -hmm. what you feel like you have to do or should do or need to do. Or there's mm -hmm. all these things that we just like put on ourselves. But when, when you aren't acting out of a place of ego or feel, fear, you can, you're enthusiastic, you're, you're excited. It's, it's life becomes an adventure mm -hmm. when you are not acting out of fear because it's all an adventure. It's all, I mean, in a lot of ways, what's happening in the world right now is crazy, but it's really interesting to see what all is happening. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I mean, all of the, the government responses, all the people responses, all the community responses, you, you can, mm -hmm. you just see how, how open and helpful people are right now because we're all in this together. Yeah. I've, I certainly have never experienced anything in my life where the entire world was as unified as it is right yeah, now. It is. Yeah. And that's really cool. When we are the less connected uh, in terms of physical connection, I guess, right? Yes. <laughs> Because right. we are technolo technologically connected. Yeah. We are not physically connected anymore. Mm -hmm. And what's cool about that too is oftentimes technology is blamed for a loss of connection, which mm. I would agree to, to some degree, mm -hmm. but only because people aren't using it the right way. For the right way. Yeah. For the right. But reason. now yeah. we're forced to use it kind of in the right way is mm -hmm. to connect with people mm -hmm. and to, and th this is the only way we can connect. And so like our kids are now doing a, uh, every day they're going to do story time with my parents who, who live up North mm -hmm. and because we can't see them, mm -hmm. but we don't see them that much when we're down here anyway. But, we, but, but if there wasn't this like, oh, we can't see you, mm -hmm. then we wouldn't be using the technology that way. Yeah. So it's, it's been a cool, uh, yeah. cool shift. So anyway, that was a little tangent. No, I love but. that. No, but it's cool. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. And I, I think it's so powerful what you've been saying about like, if we can't have something, then all of a sudden we want it and we make everything, like we get creative about how to yeah. get there. Right. People are getting real creative right yeah. now. <laughs> so yeah. it's fun. Yeah, it's fun to see what what people are doing to make it work and, mm -hmm. and just the the resiliency of humans. That's yeah, uh, exactly. we are very adaptable. We are very resilient. Yeah. Um, so, All right. So we we're talking about letting go of fear. So yeah. Sorry, we got we got off topic. No, that's okay. I'm just reeling us back in. Yeah. Um, so we Good. talked about being aware, um, understanding where it comes from. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there a fear? In the, in the future, right, fear is usually based on an experience that we had in the past that we are now projecting into the future. Mm -hmm. And so now, how do I let go of that? Okay, so, <laughs> so we're now aware, we're now in agreement that things are, uh, the way that we are approaching happiness might not be the right way. Mm -hmm. We're now aware of why our brains, uh, why, you know, when we're, when we're in the past or we're in the future, That, that we're going to always feel this, uh, some sort of negative emotion. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, I, so I have a three-step process, and this is not like 
me coming up with this necessarily. This is just how I've put it together for myself. Okay. Um, these are all ideas I've pulled from other people. Um, but I have a three-step process for letting go. And the first process or the first step is awareness, but not, not in the sense of being aware of why things are the way they are, but more of just being aware of what your brain is doing. That as soon as you can turn your, what would be, could be called consciousness, right? As soon as you, so when you're, when you're thinking, you're listening to your thoughts. So the part of you that's listening can stop, not stop listening, but basically say, huh, look at those thoughts. Those are interesting thoughts. I'm not, I'm not sure where those are coming from. <laughs> and, and it's really funny because it, as soon as you start listening, you start realizing how sometimes crazy your thoughts are. Mm -hmm. You realize how contradictory they are. You'll have one thought one minute, one thought the next minute, mm -hmm. and they, aren't, they don't align at all. Mm -hmm. And so it's just throughout the day being aware of like, oh, I'm being, my mind is being loud right now. Mm -hmm. and, and one of my favorite things to do, so uh, I have named my brain uh, or my mind. I like, I like having people name their, their minds because then, you can, then, it, then it's kind of funny and it's also, it, it gives you distance from it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I've named mine Sherlock. Okay. And so my, my brain, <laughs> so whenever, whenever it's, the chatter starts, uh, that's Sherlock. And, because Sherlock wants to solve problems. And that's what our minds are, like you said, we're always scanning. Mm -hmm. Our nervous system's always scanning mm -hmm. and it locks, it sees a problem and it's like, okay, how do I fix the problem? Mm -hmm. And, and so, so the first step is just being aware like, okay, I see this. Mm -hmm. I, I know that it's happening. Mm -hmm. Step two is meditation. Mm -hmm. Meditation to me is one of the most impactful things that I've ever introduced into my life. And what's been interesting for me personally is that I was always somebody who hated meditation and never felt like it was for me. I felt like it just, it didn't work. It didn't, like, I wasn't good at it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I was, and I, anytime I started trying to meditate um, for any period of time, you know, I'd do it for a week or, or a month. I did it for a, a whole month straight once. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm done. <laughs> it did, it did not become a habit. Yeah. Um, it only became a habit when I stopped projecting my own ego onto it. That's, that's honestly what it was. Mm -hmm. I, I, my, I used to feel like if I can't get my brain to be quiet, then I have failed at this and I'm not going to keep doing something that I'm not good that, at. That you're failing all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and then I realized that meditation is simply just taking time to work on awareness. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just saying, okay, I'm going to take 10 minutes from my day to sit here and watch my brain. And if it starts talking, I'm going to try to watch it and not engage with it. Not, you know, not go down the rabbit hole, mm -hmm. just sit here and watch. And then, and then real, and then maybe watch my breath and then maybe listen to the bird outside and, mm -hmm. and try to just be aware of what's around me. Mm -hmm. And if, if my brain starts talking, that's okay. That's mm -hmm. part of it. You, mm -hmm. it's, it's a practice. Mm -hmm. it's very, and, and practice is a really important way to think of meditation. Mm -hmm. Meditation is practice. Mm -hmm. You are practicing being aware of what's happening in your brain. Mm -hmm. Because step three is the game. And the game is your real life, everyday situations. And if you can take what you've learned from meditation 
And so the, the great, ex the classic example is, is the uh, slow driver. Mm -hmm. You're behind the slow driver. You're late for a meeting. There's nothing you can do. Um, even better is traffic because you really can't do anything in traffic, but you can just get so worked up. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, can you take that, that separation? So, so when we talk about meditation, there's, there's like a three-step process in, in every action you take and every thought you have, there's always a stimulus and then a response. So I'm in traffic and my response is anger. Mm -hmm. Meditation widens the gap between those two things. So mm -hmm. if I can create space, I can choose my response. Mm -hmm. Most of us go stimulus, ba-boom. And it doesn't even feel like there's a gap, right? It's just like traffic, ah! But when you start to meditate and you start to you watch your thoughts, you can see traffic happen. You can see the thought come in of, oh boy, this is mm -hmm. like, I'm going to be late. Yeah. But you see the thought, you don't engage with the thought. And now you mm -hmm. say, okay, that's true. Is there anything I can do about it? Mm -hmm. No? Then I will choose to not, engage with with this thought and engage with this feeling because mm -hmm. it's not helping me it's mm -hmm. not productive and that's so step three is putting it into practice and and step three is hard yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie <laughs> step two is not easy really yeah. i mean meditation is it, it takes daily practice to get good at it yeah so that's but, I, yeah oh no finish your you, sentence first well you. you you can go for it because <laughs> i'll just keep i'll keep yammering cool um so yeah, so I think that's interesting because you said that meditation already is really difficult. And I thought it was really interesting that you said that that is only the second step to you basically practice meditation to then apply it into your reality and into your day-to-day -day life, right? That's why we are actually practicing meditation and why so many people practice meditation today. I love, I actually love that explanation because it's not about sitting down for once a day for 20 minutes or an hour to meditate it's about how we then apply it in life and we should just mm. be meditating in the first place to to learn what what that process i guess is looking like yeah i mean mm -hmm. and it's you know once you go through it right before when i was try, trying to meditate and not very good at it yeah. this is not my approach at all Mm -hmm. And it was very much like a, a, something to check off. Like, okay, I need to meditate today because it's good for me. <laughs> Medi <laughs> I meditate. I, did you see like a therapist, if I may ask, like when you felt like you were in that depressed state and then they recommended you meditation or do you remember how that well, happened? So being in the health and fitness industry, I've known about, talks about meditation, meditation yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, tried to apply it in my own life lots and lots of times. When I was in that depressed state, it was really that life coach that I met that just, he brought it up again. Mm -hmm. Still, I kind of did it, kind of did it. But then he actually said something that also helped me to get my mind around it in a different way, mm -hmm. which was he talked about it in terms of setting, setting yourself up for every interaction you're going to have the rest of the day and so he's like if you whatever your goal right let's say let's say that you do want to get a promotion at work that's a that's an easy one to think about well you're only getting a promotion if you are in a good mental space in all of your interactions with coworkers, bosses your 
you know, people that maybe work for you, you need to be able to handle those relationships and those interactions at a very high level in a very clear space. Otherwise, you're not going to get the promotion because you're not going to do your job very well. Well, when he talked about meditation as a way to get to put yourself in the right space, that registered for me because I own a business. Because you're like, yes, that's what I want. So this is what I need. Yeah, to do. exactly. And so then I started doing it more from that perspective. But then just in my continued journey, I learned more about this idea of using this practice and, and using what you've learned from meditation in your daily life. And that was just a whole different shift too, because now it wasn't only specific to one like goal that I had. Mm-hmm. It was to everything. Mm-hmm. Every moment of every day is, a po- is an opportunity to, to let go. And that's really what mm-hmm. three is letting go, right? Mm-hmm. When you, when it's that choice. Mm-hmm. It's stimulus, thought comes in, and I let go of whatever, whatever that thing is that's making, you know, what, why does traffic make you angry? Mm-hmm. Well, because I might be late and then I won't get the promotion. Mm-hmm. Well, you actually have to let go of that. You have to let go of whatever it is that you're tied to and come to the response of this is of acceptance mm-hmm. and what is the best thing I can do right now. Mm-hmm right? Maybe I can jump on a call right now, right? Yeah. I'm, now I'm stuck in traffic. I had a call that I was going to have later today. Why don't I just do it now? Mm-hmm. Like that, now your mind can w- start clarifying things yeah. and you aren't bogged down by, you know, slamming on the horn. <laughs> yeah. And it is the growth mindset of like, okay, here's the challenge and I'm making an opportunity out of it instead of getting just frustrated and staying stuck into, I can't change the situation and it makes me so angry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Opportunities are everywhere when you, when you act out, when you're no longer uh, controlled by fear. Occupied by, by the other negative feelings. Yeah. absolutely. And I want to say something about meditation. And I do say that a lot because I am not a person who is sitting down to uh, meditate, I would say in the classical sense, right? I'm not sitting Mm -hmm. down. I'm not closing my eyes and like observing my thoughts. I want to be really clear to the listeners that there's a lot of different ways, in my opinion, where you can meditate and practice that. My daily practice that I am like super religious about is my journaling practice, because Mm -hmm. what do I do when I journal? I am observing my thoughts. I am writing down what my thoughts are and I'm learning, you know, how do I feel today? How do I feel tomorrow? How do I feel the next day? And I understand that everything is just kind of an ebb and flow of um, situations and experiences. And I don't have to get stuck to one event or the other because that's because life is just about the ups and downs and everything will be okay in the end, you know, um, for some people. And, and I still count myself in that a little bit as well. I love going outside on nature walks. That's also my walking meditation, right? Yeah. I'm con- disconnecting from my devices. I'm starting to pay attention to the sounds of the nature and, you know, the sounds of maybe my shoes on the ground in the forest and these kind of things could also be a way of how to meditate. So I really want to encourage people as well that meditation and meditation practice doesn't mean you have to sit down. If you feel like this is something that is extremely difficult for you, there are other ways you can do it 
or other ways how you can get to then being maybe more patient with yourself to then eventually sit down and meditate as well, which now sometimes I do as well. Or if I have like, um, if I'm having difficulty falling asleep, I'm doing a sleeping meditation, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important that we find our own flexibility in what, how we are implementing this or practicing this. Yeah, I like that. Because in the end, it's all about, are you able to separate from your thought, like see your thoughts, right? So like for you journaling, you're, you're, you're able to see your thoughts as something outside of yourself in a way, right? You're, you're like, oh, that day I was thinking this and this day I'm thinking this. And you just start to see that they're not, that they, that they're not you, that they're not like tied to like who you are as a person. They just, the thoughts just come and go and sometimes they're crazy and sometimes they're not, but (laughs) it's what you said as well. And like what you realized in one moment, you had this question and just like 30 seconds later, you have that, you have that thought on your mind and there's not really any connection to both of these thoughts, you know? Yes. Yeah. Just creating the gap. That's Mm -hmm. whatever creates the gap. Nature is great too. Nature has a lot of uh, very, you know, just positive effects all around. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. Also, yeah. Do you call it the gap? I call it the room for judgment. So, you know, yep. How do you judge the situation? And um, I also make the difference. I talk about this in, in my course too, where, we're ta- where I'm talking about reactivity versus response. So reactivity yeah. is this when you don't, if, the, if you don't leave any room for judgment and you're just starting to be angry and honking your horn at the slow driver in front of you. And response is when you're actually taking that minute and that gap in order to reflect on, okay, what is coming up in my body and brain? right? Because sometimes we might have even just a physical response at first before we're having this thought that is coming up that makes us feel very annoyed about something. And then um, I can respond accordingly to what I have learned in my meditation practice or wherever. Yes. Love it. Cool. So I think this is actually um, a nice summary and a nice ending of our conversation today um, for the main part of the podcast. And I just want to highlight because we are in COVID-19 at the moment and because um, we are um, challenged with new situations that we haven't been um, needing to deal with before in our lives. I think this is a wonderful way to explain why are we afraid and what is fear doing to us and how can we steer against it and make create an opportunity out of the challenge that we have at the moment. And I feel like we could talk about this forever, Colin. <laughs> I feel like we are both out about this at, at the moment because I'm thinking we could talk about growth mindset and fixed mindset, which you said that you are having mindset strategy sessions with your clients. Um, maybe I'll just invite you to another podcast in the future and we'll talk more specifically about another topic. I think that would be really interesting. That would be um, Okay, I always have a few questions at the end of each podcast that I want to start to get into now. And the first question is, what are you most grateful for? Yes, I would say right now, I'm certainly most grateful to just be with my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that for some people that they are either not able to be with their family for travel reasons or, or because they're sick. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, in a lot of areas, if you get uh, if you come down with the coronavirus, you're, you need to be quarantined and you can't see anybody. And, and for us to just all be here together. And, you know, even though I've been working a lot more than I probably normally would, uh, you know, just hear, hearing the kids in the background and, and being able to be with, 
with uh, my wife and and even and even her parents. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's just been it's been very much uh, it's been fun. All of us together bonding over what's going on. So mm-hmm. being with the family. Cool. And um, if you would need to share three wisdoms um, of life with the people that are listening right now that have really helped you propel yourself forward, um, what would they be? Yes. Yes. So I would say the first one, uh, this is also from Eckhart Tolle, but he says that, that you are never upset for the reason you think. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that I constantly come back to. Uh, if I ever get upset, that's, I, I try to first have that thought and, <laughs> okay. and then that helps to redirect me to, to looking at, okay, what, why am I really upset, right? <laughs> what part of my ego is being rubbed the wrong way here? Uh, because it's true. You're, whatever it is that you think you're upset about, that's not actually the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just because you've been pulled either into the future or the past or you know, all the yeah. things we talked about. Wow. Today. Yeah, I love that. That's um, the second one, which uh, I, I love this. This was, this was on a, um, a card that my parents gave me when I first started the gym. Mm-hmm. And it's a Zen saying, and it said, leap and the net will appear. Okay. And I feel like that's perfect for this climate that we're in right now, because people are, ha- are going to have to t- take risks. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are opportunities, but mm-hmm. you have to be willing to take a risk sometimes. Mm-hmm. But what uh, certainly I've found with everything I've done, and I think most people find, is that when you give your all to something, when you leap, right? When you, when you stand on the edge of that cliff and you leap and you, you actually commit all in, it happens. You mm-hmm. make it happen. Mm-hmm. There's, you, you will find a way. Yeah. Uh, if one door closes, others will always open, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. And you just have to, the, what you can't do is second guess. Mm-hmm. As soon as you start doubting yourself, mm-hmm. that's, when, that's when those doors close on you yeah. because you didn't, you exactly. didn't walk through them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're stuck in the hallway. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then um, the third one, let's see, this is more, this is, I don't know if this is timely necessarily. I was, I was trying to think of things that might be timely, but um, this is one that I think is really great for when you're working through conflict or, or just life with other people. And, And we're probably all around people that we aren't used to being around as much as we are right now, right? Even if it's your kids who are in school and now they're out of school mm-hmm. and now you're with them all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, something I try to reflect on is that if you were them, mm-hmm. you would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's always true every time because if you had had every life experience that somebody else has had, you would act exactly how they act. Mm-hmm. And if you can recognize that and appreciate that, then nothing is personal. Nothing that they do is personal to you and nothing that they do is even personal to them. Like they, people are very much a product of where they came from. It doesn't mean they don't have any control over it, but it does mean that where they are presently mm-hmm. is because of what they've learned. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's a level of acceptance of, of where, acceptance of them as they are. Mm-hmm. And until you accept somebody for who they are, 
it's very hard to move forward with a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a, that's a really powerful one. Yeah. Because I always think that we always believe that people do something out of evil. And if mm. we start to learn that they just, you know, they just act with the information that they have, no matter what that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> then we learn that we are not taking it serious, like not seriously, not personally. And that um, we are kind of acting more out of curiosity and understanding their yes. perspective mm. instead of... I like that instead of being like, <laughs> right. why are you acting the way you're doing or what you know, what have you been doing? So, yeah. That, and that's, uh, such a, that's such a good word, curiosity. curiosity. Yeah, I love you, that too. You know that you're in the right mindset mm -hmm. when, you, when you come from a place of curiosity. Yeah. That, that's exactly. such a good like test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, me as a coach as well, sometimes I do speak with clients and I don't know the answer to their problems, you know? Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I can do, and I remind myself of that constantly, is, is show curiosity, like be curious about why they're feeling the way they're feeling, um, what is on their mind, and you know, just ask curious questions. And they get usually to the point themselves. It's not your um, responsibility as a coach to, to tell them what to do. Right. It's about being curious um, what they're experiencing to help them work through it, you know, and it's worked really well for me. So I really love to apply more curiosity in my life as well. Yes. Um, principle. What about books? You've already talked about one, The Power of Now from Eckhart Tolle. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we've talked actually the very first time we connected, you gave me like a list of books <laughs> <laughs> that I still haven't listened or read. Um, but maybe one or two more other um, recommendations from you that maybe have really changed your life or that you've found really valuable. Yeah, I, the, I do like books. Um, <laughs> books have been very impactful for me. Mm -hmm. And so I'll, I'll give you three. Okay. I'll, I'll limit it to three. Okay. Um, the first one that, that I just have to recommend, and it's funny because this is not a new book, but I didn't know about it until maybe a year ago. And it's became like one of my favorite books is the Tao of Pooh. Have you read this book? Do you know this book? No, no, I haven't. Oh my gosh. It's just the best because it, it's this guy talking about, he's, he's essentially using Winnie the Pooh mm -hmm. to explain Taoism. And it, it's just so cool to see how it plays out in okay. all of the Winnie the Pooh stories. Okay. Uh, and it does, a, and it helps you to kind of understand some of these principles that maybe if you read, um, uh, oh, what's, uh, uh, I forget what, I forget what the book's called. Um, but, uh, you know, the main text of Taoism, mm -hmm. um, but that book is a little bit harder to comprehend sometimes, mm -hmm. but this book gives you these principles cool. about Taoism that are super yeah. easy to understand and it's a fun book. And right. so, and it's a really short book too. So I, I love cool. that book. All right. The, the second one that I have to recommend is solve for happy. Mm -hmm. um, partly because for me personally, that was the book that led me to this kind of way of thinking. Um, <laughs> it, he does a really good job of taking an analytical perspective to mm. things that might be more like that are in more of the spiritual space, you know, Eckhart Tolle sometimes can get pretty out there <laughs> yeah. and right. And if I had read hit, like if I'd read the power of now before I read solve for happy, I would have been like, what is this guy talking about? Mm -hmm. But, but it, it gave me kind of a base level of knowledge and an understanding of, of these concepts 
mm-hmm. so that then reading other people, I knew what they were talking about mm-hmm. and they helped, and it just helped me to grow even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a cool book. Okay. And then the last one is, is actually not a book necessarily. It's an audio book, but it's more of an audio lecture series called Living from a Place of Surrender. Mm-hmm. And that one, just as we were talking about, how, how do you let go? Uh, that book does a, or audio series does a really great job of talking through just different perspectives. And, and he's the one that gave me the, this whole idea of meditation as practice cool. and um, real life is the game. He uh-huh. talks about that. And cool. I thought that was a really great perspective. So it is. So- it's a really cool perspective. I've never thought about it this way, but I think that's really smart. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So those, those are my top three right now. All right. Thank you so much. And so um, what's next for you, Colin? So you have moved, as you mentioned to me already, um, all of your in-person classes now online, and you are mm-hmm. also teaching um, mindfulness and um, happiness. What, what else is on your horizon? What else have you been creating? Well, those two are, pr- are the big ones right now, for sure. Um, <laughs> we, we are definitely, we're, we're, so in the last week, we moved all of our in-person, you know, live fitness coaching sessions to online. Mm-hmm. And this week is our first week of now taking on new, uh, new people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're trying to find, it's so cool though, because now, there's no walls, there's no barriers. So we can yeah. just talk to anybody, all of our friends, all of our family, we're getting, we're reconnecting families through fitness. Yeah. You know, we're having families that will, that train together, you know, their kids are in a different state, but they can do a training session together. Oh, that's so um, cool. Yeah. It's super cool. And so, so that's, so this week is all about expanding. How do we now take this model that we've created and is working well and mm-hmm. find new people to, to bring into the fitness coaching model? Mm-hmm. And then on my mindset stuff is right now, um, I just finished a series for a company called Highbrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're aware of them, but it's, it's more of like a, a written, you, you get an email every day. Okay. So I took all of the concepts from my, my video series, uh, uh, the happiness blueprint and put it into written format because some okay. people learn better that way learn better and prefer that way. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's going to get published soon. And then, and then it's just, like I said, I, I want to keep talking to people, learning from people and coaching people uh, so that I can better understand the journey. You know, I know my journey, but everybody has a different path that they go on um, to, to find, you know, peace in their life. And so as I understand, you know, the, the different paths better, I can then bring that back to what we're doing at Mint and and make sure that our clients have those those journeys available to them as well yeah very cool and if somebody is listening right now and would love to connect with you how would they best do it yes so um, they can always email me colin at modern-happiness.com that's also the website Mm -hmm. modern-happiness.com that's my that's my kind of mindset coaching company um those those are probably the two best ways to connect me with me right now Mm-hmm. Um, but I am doing a lot of calls. I'm doing a lot of, uh, zoom calls, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this, uh, we're, we're all on zoom right now. So, um, you know, we're just, just trying to find people that, uh, yeah. that are looking to be inspired and, and yeah. you know, still, still find positivity even, even right now. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Well, Colin, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. I definitely learned a couple of new ways on how how to look at things. And I really appreciate those 
those new insights always. So I hope that at some point in the near future, I'll have you as a podcast guest again. And until then, I wish you well. I wish your family well. And I hope that you stay safe. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate coming on here. This was uh, this was super fun for me. I <laughs> love talking you. about this stuff. And cool. uh, I think we, we share a lot of similar perspectives on things. So I love uh, I love what you're doing as well for the uh, performance uh, world. So, yeah. so thank you for having me on. Thank you.